lot of community banks and credit unions cater to the needs of millennials, whether it's through advancing technology, marketing strategy, or meeting the needs of the new businesses that millennials are forming. To find out more, this week we'll be talking with Graham Seal, who heads Bank Tech Consulting. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that'll help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning in to our Maiden Voyage podcast. It's great to have you here with us. Our podcast will publish on Mondays, and you can subscribe through Apple's podcast app, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Now a little bit about our guest. Graham is a business and technology expert. He specializes in helping smaller financial institutions to execute on their business strategy. He's also an established thought leader in fintech and its related technologies. Graham Seal, great to have you here today. Great to be here, Lou. Good to spend some time with you. Excellent. So one thing you recently wrote about for BAI was the relationship between the credit unions and the community banks and customer demands, in particular when it comes to millennials. You hear a lot about millennials, 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 and there's this general sense that millennials matter and financial services leaders really need to pay attention to them. But what strikes me as being interesting is that when I've talked to various people in the industry about millennials uh, they admit to being somewhat stumped about how to approach this demographic. It doesn't seem like everything regarding millennials is exactly clear and in fact can conflict. So I'm hoping you can give us general lay of the land and help us understand why millennials matter so much and what the particular call for community banks and credit unions happens to be. Yes, it's a great question, Lou. And I do know that banks need to be focused on um, their their bigger market segments. Uh, for credit unions right now, um, the focus is bigger than it is for banks in a way, because credit unions are more focused on consumers, and community banks tend to be more focused on small businesses. Interesting. But over time, the small businesses are starting to be run by millennials, and uh, they expect the same kind of service. They expect to do banking in the same way for their businesses as they do personally. And that involves um, a lot of things that we've, we've all observed, those of us who have been around a whole lot longer than the millennials, um, which I think includes you and me. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've observed a lot of change, I, I think, in how people interact. And we, we look at the the impact of social media on, on our kids and grandkids, in my case, uh, and to see that they relate to one another very differently. They relate to the world very differently. Um, they shop online primarily. Uh, they expect payments to be really, really easy. Um, they expect their money to be managed in, a, in an easy online direct way where they can get what they want when they want it. Mm -hmm. um, they have no patience. Um, uh, and uh, that's true of some of us too, but uh, they, they expect to see things right away, uh, instant gratification and so on. Um, we, we can overplay it too. And uh, I, I think there's a trap that sometimes bankers make so much of the millennial difference that they forget that millennials are rational human beings, um, just like boomers and Gen Xers. And, uh, 
so they they still need to be able to make choices. Um, they need information to help them make those choices. Sometimes they need help, and sometimes they'll acknowledge they need help. And it's getting the balance right that I think is going to be the biggest challenge. And balance uh, really is a key word. And uh, from what you're saying, I gather that another key element here is that while we tend to think of millennials as a separate demographic, uh, there are in a lot of ways some concentric circles between what they want and what everyday banking customers want. They want to have all their services on mobile, but they also want things to be intuitive and simple. And when it comes to technology, sometimes that's a tough connection for banks to make. Technology, intuitive and simple. Do you feel that community banks are doing a good job with this or do they need to do more? And if they do, where do they start? I, I think there are a lot of technology providers who are really focused on it. Um, whether the the big core banking vendors have quite got there yet, uh, I'm not quite so sure. Uh, I think there are some appropriate partnerships occurring between the core banking vendors who often are providing all of the services, particularly to a smaller bank. Um, and, and the big banks are typically building their own mobile platforms some are doing better than others. More and more, they're focused on user experience and hiring people who are specialists in user experience who are looking at the, the way in which each generation best interacts. Um, that, that's one of the challenges. Again, a mobile pl banking platform has to work for you and me as well as for our grandkids. And so um, I, not, not that you have them, I'm sure. but um, We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's no good just saying I'm going to build this great millennial platform, which is what I'd see some software companies doing, because that's not what a bank needs. It needs something that's going to work across the board that has the right kind of choices. Um, banking can be very complicated. It is definitely very complex. You and I were talking about the difference between complex and complicated earlier. The complex made simple is the goal of good user experience, I think, in banking. Um, most banks make the complex complicated, which is what bank customers complain about. Uh, it should be intuitive. It should be obvious. That's cross-generational. That's as true for me as it is for my oldest granddaughter. Absolutely. And... It's fascinating to me, you make this point in your piece, and to me, it's spot on. And I'm going to use my words here. Uh, the banks have focused so much on regulation, and understandably so, that they may not always have the bandwidth to stay on task and on top of what it is that customers want. And I'm just wondering how, how banks can best pay attention to millennials, their spending power, and what's to be gained here? I, I think it has to start from the top um, and from from business strategy. And this is something else that uh, I've written about a fair bit and become more and more convinced that the only effective change that's going to occur in uh, particularly in smaller financial institutions is change that is driven by a forward-looking business strategy. Uh, so the bank has to decide what it's going to be. Uh, and what it is now is probably not the answer to that. Um, continuing to be you know, a lender to small businesses um, in the way it currently does lending, even if lending remains the primary um, revenue earner, still there's going to be some new ways of doing it. Um, so um, 
starting from a business strategy and identifying some key areas that need transformation um, and identifying also which of those require technology help. Uh, and uh, you know, clearly a new mobile platform is very much a piece of technology that's driving out business value. So uh, I, prioritization then comes out of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Regulations have to be met. There are different ways of doing that. There are partners who can help with that. Um, not every bank has regulatory experts. Not every bank is, has a really strong risk group. Um, some banks only have a dozen people after all, and they can't be everything. So one answer is to outsource the things that are not core competencies uh, and focus uh, investment and people effort on building the brand of the bank, uh, becoming what the bank wants to be in its particular customer base. And here's something that was mentioned recently. One of our thought leaders, BAI's chief marketing officer, Holly Hughes, mentioned in a piece that one thing that gets through and, and particularly seems to strike a chord with millennials uh, are brand ambassadors, people who are using social media to really get an authentic message out. They'll talk about things that excite them or ways that the bank is getting involved in the community. And I'm, I'm just wondering to what extent that might be effective or that you think that's effective uh, with millennials. Millennials, um, if they want to know how good something is, they will immediately get on social media and ask all their friends. And if their friends come back and say, um, yeah, it's okay, but you should try this bank because they actually treat me like a human being. They, I seem to matter. Um, I can get what I want. Just give them a shot. And they will. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's really, uh, you know, so, social media marketing is, is driven, as you say, by, uh, by those informal, unrecognized brand ambassadors. Also wondering, it sounds like community banks may have some catching up to do in some fronts and in some instances, but maybe there's an opportunity here to lay a clean foundation or to wipe the slate clean, build something from scratch and get ahead of the curve and then continue to be ahead of the curve. To what extent do you see that as a possibility or something that's feasible? That's actually the appeal of the digital bank or the challenger bank who really are starting from scratch. So the ability to build on um, a de novo technology platform that is all digital, that is focused on current media and so on, it's very attractive. It's, it's a very exciting prospect. Most banks don't have that opportunity. And um, community banks in particular are often tied into very long-term contracts with their providers and, uh, and actually have a real struggle right now making any change without spending a great deal of money with their core banking provider. Uh, that'll change over time. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're never going to be able to start from scratch unless they reinvent themselves as a digital bank. Hmm. Uh, that's fascinating because banks, on the one hand, can observe, watch the digital banks in action and learn something about how they're operating, to use that popular term, disrupting. But at the same time, to really stay true to who they are, stay true to the customers that they have, look at what they're doing right, build on that, uh, adapt and observe, and go forward in a direction that makes sense in terms of their tradition, how they came into the business, what they're recognized for, what their reputation is, what their strengths are in the customer's eyes. Now that said, and, and this is something you and I have discussed, 
there's a new reality that these banks have to adapt to, uh, one with chatbots, robo-advisors, uh, machine learning, all sorts of new technologies coming online. And the question is, if you are a community bank looking at the way the world is changing, and it's certainly moving in that direction all around us, what makes sense as a good starting point? <laughs> yeah, so one thing about the technologies you, you just described, uh, they are tools, and they're not things that you sell if you're a banker. And so there's no reason why um, the the farm owner who comes into a, a branch, if and whatever branches will look like 20 years from now, um, no reason why he would ever hear any of those terms. Um, what the farmer comes in for is advice. What kind of investment vehicle do I need for this situation? Um, how am I going to guard against the rising interest rates that uh, everybody tells me are coming? That kind of thing. That's where the technologies really come into play. I see. And that's a really important distinction to make. Graham, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing some of your insights, really valuable observations. Oh, my pleasure. It's great to be here, Lou. Good to spend some time with you. Graham Seal heads up Bank Tech Consulting in Concord, California. You can find him via LinkedIn, and you can also read some of his contributor columns on banking strategies online. So here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, Millennials are savvy with technology and social media and have an expectation that their online experience will be easy, but financial services leaders shouldn't make too much of the millennial difference. Don't forget that millennials are rational human beings, just like boomers and Gen Xers. They still need to be able to make choices and need information to help them make those choices. Getting the balance right is the biggest challenge. Number two. Banks have a tendency to make the complex complicated, which is what bank customers complain about. Regardless of which generation you're serving, the goal of good user experience is to make the complex simple. And number three, customers are ultimately after good advice, and financial services institutions should make sure they have the best technology in place to give that advice. Technology, as Graham said, is only a tool. It shouldn't be used as a selling point. And as we wind things down here at BAI Banking Strategies, I'm always on the lookout for things that banks are doing that are creative and original in terms of reaching out to potential customers and seeing some very funny and different things lately. Bank of America has its llama mascot that they've unveiled in their ads for mobile services. And check this out. Millie Bobby Brown, who is one of the stars of the Netflix science fiction series Stranger Things, was tapped to do a series of ads for City that tries to raise awareness of personal finance issues. And this ad takes place on a subway train where she goes up to a young couple, very much in love. Well, Millie may be a cute adolescent, but I don't think you want to take her on, not in this game of truth or dare. Listen to what happens. A lot of people don't want to face anything to do with money. I don't get it. Is money really that scary? We're going to play a game to find out. You guys are cute. Are you a couple? Yeah, for about eight months now. Would you rather tell her how much debt you have or like the subway pole? Oh, disgusting. <gasps> oh, that's well, uh, now, these ads, 
they have gotten incredible traffic on YouTube in the millions of views. They're funny, of course. They feature an actress with a lot of buzz. But I think another reason they've gotten so much attention is because they hit on an important topic. People hate talking about personal finances. So at the end of our first episode, I'll leave you with a question. As financial services leaders, what can we do to get people to open up and feel more comfortable talking about their finances? And if you have some thoughts you'd like to share, be sure to email me, L Cardlozo, that's L-C-A-R-L-O-Z-O, at BAI.org. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Lou Carloza, the managing editor of BAI and host of BAI Banking Strategies. We'll see you next week. So long.